I want them to to feel connected to it and to feel if they feel alone to feel less alone in the world i want them to dance i want them to cry i want them to feel all the the things that i felt in making it and and i really hope it connects with people like so much Hey guys, James Wilson-Taylor here for Rock Sound. Now the Interrupters are back with their brand new album and here to tell us all about it are Amy and Kevin. How are you guys? Good, hey. how you doing? Yeah, good, good to see you guys, good to see you. And, and you know, exciting to be talking to you, like literally as we're recording, it's it's kind of a couple of days away now from this brand new record from you guys that I know you've been waiting so long to put out. How are you feeling? That's a good place to start. How are you feeling now that we know we're, we're kind of finally getting to that release day at long last? Oh, it's so exciting. It's like Christmas or something. It really is. We're just so excited. Yeah, we've been looking forward to this for a very long time and we just want the world to hear the record. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. No, it's going to be a really, really exciting time. Well, let's let's kind of start with how this all began, I suppose. You know, when did you guys actually sit down and kind of start writing these songs? I imagine, you know, obviously the world stopped for a minute, which meant everyone had a lot more time on their hands for a number of reasons. Um, but when did these songs in particular actually kind of start forming for you guys? Well, we're always writing. And some of the ideas that became songs on this record have been in the works for a decade, you know? But... You know, the process of making this record was interesting because we went into the studio before the lockdown. We were um, with Tim Armstrong and we were we were doing some writing and some demoing. And then the world kind of stopped, as as you know, and we took some time after that and um, we just kind of took a break. And in the meantime, since concerts weren't happening, we were like, we should make a live album with our concert like on film. So that way, you know, whether or not concerts are happening, there'll be an interrupters concert out there for people to watch. And so we kind of focused our energy into that. And by the time we had finished that, the creative juices for making a brand new studio album were, were flowing very, very much so like a river. And uh, <laughs> especially with this one. So, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I think a lot of the time for reflection was helpful. And, and uh, we took that time to, I took that time to do a lot of self-healing, a lot of introspection, a lot of um, digging deep and um, and just be, and just writing a really honest and vulnerable and um, I don't know, like just really, really personal album. Yeah, and I would imagine. I mean, I mean, it's 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 interesting that you're able to to go so personal. And obviously, it's it's a very very slick record. It really it kind of flows very very nicely. And I'd imagine there must have been at least a little bit, even if it was subconscious, a bit of an extra confidence there because, of course, the previous record was such a huge success for you guys and your biggest hit on there and all this kind of stuff, getting this whole new audience starting to build. It must have been, as much as it was a difficult time, and a, a kind of nice position to be in knowing that that previous record had been received that well to then go into these new collection of songs. Yeah, I think the, the other thing about it was how passionate and connected we all were to the material because Amy wanting to get more personal and more vulnerable gave me and the twins kind of like a a fire in us to try to serve each song as best we can. And we did have the luxury of time. So we were able to really sit with the songs and give each song the time and attention it deserved and make sure the collection of songs was a cohesive thing. You know, we're an album band and um, we wanted to make an album, you know? Yeah. So. And I think that to to add to that, I think that 
because we had time. If, we, for example, there's a song on the record call, uh, called Alien, and we at first put heavy guitars on it and made it this really big production. But because we had the luxury of time to really sit with it, we realized it didn't want that. It didn't want to be that. It wanted actually to be the first interrupter song without any guitar. So mm -hmm. we took the guitars off yeah. and um, let the song be what it wanted to be. But sometimes you do a song and then you have to rush it out. And then months later, you're like, oh, why did we put guitars on that or whatever, yeah, you know? Yeah. So it's it's nice that we had the time to to do that on, on certain songs and just let the song be what it wanted to be without fitting it into any box. Yeah, the luxury of time for sure. That, yeah. that, that, it makes such a difference. Yes. The original plan too before the world shut down was to go in the studio, make a record, turn it around in three months, and go on the Hella Mega tour with Green Day. And I know if we would have done that, we wouldn't have made this record. We would have made a record, and I'm sure it would have been something that we were proud of and very happy with. But because we did have that time and we were kind of forced into these circumstances we were able to kind of like go in a, in a different direction with it. And, um, and it just felt really natural and right once we, once we got going. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Uh, before we get into the record as a whole, I mean, you mentioned it just there. We finally got the Hella Mega Tour. It was a couple of years late, but we finally got it over here in the UK a few yeah, weeks back. And what awesome. an absolute laugh that was. It was so much fun. What an incredible, incredible lineup. How was that experience for you guys? I mean, you know, one of the most anticipated tours of the last decade, really. You know, such a stacked lineup. It's got to be an amazing experience, even under trying circumstances with COVID and everything. Got to be something, you know, I'm sure you'll remember forever. It was, it was, uh, we got choked up many a night, yeah. you know, seeing 50,000 cell phones up in the air with, with the lights up and hearing, you know, Green Day do songs that just yeah broke our heart and made us smile. You know what I mean? It was beautiful. And then there was fireworks every night after the, after Green Day played. And, and it was a very, um, triumphant return to live music. And we were just honored to be a part yeah. of it because let's be honest the tour did not need us. So we were just happy to be there <laughs> yeah. and be able to open the shows that we did open yeah. and um, honored and, and just very grateful for the opportunity. Yeah. yeah, what an amazing, amazing tour, man. What a great way to come back to live music as well. Like you say, you know, really, really exciting time that was. Um, so on the record, you know, something I always like to start with is uh, an album title. Now, I know that's a cliched question, but I am genuinely fascinated in album titles. I'm always really interested to hear why do artists pick certain phrases that they think are going to sum up this whole collection. With you guys, it's in the wild. Tell me, why did you decide that was the phrase that you thought was going to sum up this brand new set of songs for the fans? Well, I think, well... I got. I wrote this song, Raised by Wolves, and we had the song Raised by Wolves. And in that song, um, there's a lyric that says, in the wild, in the bridge of that song. And after I wrote the lyric and after I sang it, I was like, that's got to be the name of the album. Because that song sums up so much of what the album's about. So many of the themes of the album are in that song. But also, um, because of the, the lockdown and everything, we spent a lot of time in the wilderness. We spent a lot of time in the forest and hiking and outside. And um, we did a lot of songwriting outside as well. And so that's one, one level of it, the meaning of it, the fact that we were outside. And then just the fact that we were just us four locked down. We all live together. Kevin and I live in a house and the twins live right next door in another house. And we recorded here on the property and it kind of felt like we were in the wild, that we're just on our own in the wild. Absolutely. And we're just, 
you know, having to figure this out. And um, so it was many levels of why in the wild. It was just, it was the perfect phrase to, to sum up the whole, the whole process, the whole meaning of the record. And the beautiful thing about it is, you know, with other records we've made, we're always thinking about album titles. And, and just going back to Fight the Good Fight, that album had a completely different title until the day we had to turn it in. And Amy <laughs> called me. And she goes, I've been seeing the phrase fight the good fight everywhere. And I just have something in me that I have to call this album fight the good fight, which is better than the title we had before. So that day we changed the artwork and we turned it in. Very last minute. But for In the Wild, it was the only album title we ever had for this. And we were, when she came up with it, the twins and I were just like, perfect. Yeah, that's it. It's In the Wild. <laughs> When it fits, it fits. When you get the right one, you know it. You always know it right there. Um, that's fascinating to hear because, I, I, I mean, I knew you guys lived together. I wasn't aware that, like, the other guys were that close as well. What an absolute luxury during this incredibly difficult time because I've spoken to so many bands over the last couple of years who, you know, were working on records during that time and largely had to do it like this over Zoom. And some people really liked that, but a lot of people obviously preferred being in the room together. Um, that must have been amazing that while the world was kind of shut down, you were still able to keep working like that. Yeah. Yeah, we are lucky. We've been living in this situation um, for ten years. We're with the with my brothers, just thirty feet away from us. So um, and it's nice because they cook. I don't. Yeah, um, they're always cooking something over there, and we can smell it through the window. Yeah. And we're like, hey, we'll text them. Hey, which, what are you which, working which, on? Yeah, what are you guys doing? <laughs> and while we were making the record, you know, because everything was shut down, it was like, all right, we're gonna take a break for lunch, and then they would whip up some sandwiches or something. It was it was really cool to be able to do that, and then have dinners and just kind of work at our own pace on our own schedule. Like, the it was almost like time didn't exist, you know. And because I'm a night owl and I stay up very late. Um, I had the luxury to record my vocals really late whenever I wanted to, whenever I felt the, the calling of that song. So I never went in the studio and sang a song that I wasn't feeling that emotion in that moment. And that's um, really rare. Usually, you know, you have studio time booked and whether you feel like it or not, whether you're in that emotion or not, you have to sing. You have to yeah. sing when, when you're scheduled to sing. And so Kevin being the producer, I could just look at him and be like one or two in the morning and be like, actually, I really want to sing that one song tonight. And he's like, all right, I'll make the coffee. Let's do it. You yeah. know, and it'd just be him and I in the room. And we, 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 uh, that's how we did the record. And it was really, it was nice that I, I could do that at, at that pace that was, and late at night when is my most favorite time to sing. Well, that that pace must be so important as well, and such an important element for you, Amy, because, you know, as you've mentioned already, you know, very personal lyrically, you know, this is a very, very personal record for you and kind of digging very, very deep. Um, it's got to have been, yeah, actually recording it in that environment will probably aid that process and really, really help. I guess, tell me a little bit about exploring that side of it lyrically and also I guess why you felt like now was the right time to kind of dig a little deeper you know we're a few albums in now like I said before you know was it was it kind of an extra confidence level there to be able to go yeah I want to tell these stories now um I feel like well it's 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 kind of a long story but I'll try and I'll try and say it as short as possible I just was on my own personal mental health journey and I just wasn't in a place mentally that I could address those to address the, the things I was so scared to look at. I, I just couldn't, I just, I, I tried to write things for many years about things that were really deep and really personal. And I just, 
I just couldn't do it. It was just too dark. It was too scary. It was too triggering. And so I, I just kind of refused to go there. Um, but in, like Kevin was saying, we did the documentary uh, slash concert film. And in doing that process, I got, I had to go through lots of family pictures and I had to go through kind of my whole life story and look at everything to sort of try and make sense of my life. And in doing that, that was the same time, you know, in the time that we're locked down and I'm writing songs. And I just thought to myself, I ha I like haven't told my story. I've been like too, I've been too scared to face a lot of my story and to write about it. And I, I just feel like now is the time to, to stop running from those things and to just face it. And it was really hard to do, but I faced the things I needed to face and I wrote about it and it was really therapeutic and it was really, um, it was really healing. And so I just thought, you know, I just think now is the time for just my own journey. And I think being locked down and just being alone so much with my thoughts really gave me a chance to reflect and go like, I've never told my story. What am I so scared of? And, and I, and, so this record is my life story and yeah. it, it's from starting from the beginning to now, uh, it sort of takes you on a journey. So if you, if anyone wanted to know me, if I died tomorrow, they could put on the record and feel like they knew me. And to speak to that too, as, as like a collaborator of uh, over a decade now, you know, some of the subject matter that she was touching upon was, was heavy stuff that like, we had these pieces of songs that she had started and never finished like yeah. in the mirror and raised by wolves both of those songs yeah she had the first verse of raised by wolves for the last many many years but could never get it to that place where it could be a finished song because i feel like those heavier topics need to be approached with a certain amount of delicacy certain amount of grace and and having going back to the luxury of time and really being able to be intentional with everything that we were doing in the writing process definitely fueled being able to finish those things. And and I've heard her say many times, like close those chapters and kind of like be able to say, okay, I did that. And I remember the day we finished Raised by Wolves writing it. And um, I was a that was a kind of a joyous day because it was like this thing that you've been wanting to get out for so long. Yeah. It just took so long for you to get to a place <laughs> yeah. where you even knew what the the bottom line of the song was yeah. you know and, and it is forgiveness it's forgiveness. which is funny because you think about it not not a lot of people would approach a song about such a tumultuous upbringing with this underlying theme of forgiveness and i think that was like such an important thing to land on and happened with a lot of songs on the record actually yeah, yeah. so I had the beginnings of stuff that i couldn't finish yeah <laughs> and it, like the the song in the mirror, <clears throat> I said it took me two years to write this song. It actually took me ten years, and the, and it's because when I started to write it, I, I'm I'm like there's so many things I have to face, and I could not do it. So, it yeah, I I finally faced the things I was running from, and now people can hear it. <laughs> hear yeah. What a lovely place to finally arrive at, though. Like, congratulations on that. You know, it's, it's a real achievement. You know, it's not easy to get those things out there, especially when it's something you've worked on for such a long time. It's amazing to finally be able to get it out there and actually get it on the record like that. And uh, and I guess one of the other interesting things about it is, you know, given the type of music you guys are known for as well, I always, I always love hearing, you know, kind of 
darker stuff but it comes out in a really kind of cathartic way when it's soundtracked by more kind of upbeat music in a lot of cases do you know what i mean like it's i always love that kind of mix of the two where it's it becomes almost not dwelling on the sadness it's like you're pushing through because it's surrounded by this big upbeat noise which is really really kind of fascinating and interesting um i guess that's a, a question for yourself kevin as well there because you know as a producer you know building that soundscape around it that's got to have been quite an in interesting process to go through where you've got these personal lyrics matched with this sound you guys want to create too yeah and you know in, in doing this being our fourth record we've figured out our process through the, the first three records we made with Tim, we would always be in a room with our instruments on, working out the songs, making sure we could play them together before we went in to record them. And, you know, this time was no different. The twins and I would sit in our studio that we built in our garage with the air conditioning off because it was too loud and it got really hot in there. And then <laughs> Amy would come in, sing the song. We would all jam it, make sure it felt good. And, you know, because of the topics of some of the songs and the and the melodies she was bringing, sometimes we were going into directions musically that we hadn't gone before. Like a song like My Heart is kind of a, you know, a 6-8, um, 60s Phil Spector girl group inspired kind of track. And the reason it turned out like that is because that's what the melody was telling us to do. So sometimes we have that instinct of being like, well, no, we're a punk rock band that plays Scott and like, we got to do it this certain way. But this time we just thought, you know, it's our fourth record. Let's, let's just see it through for each song and the best ones will rise to the top and we'll all agree in the end on what'll end up on the record. And if we end up with a song like Alien that has no guitar on it, well, that was meant to be and it was meant to be that way. And so as the producer, I was just feeling like I was part of a team because working with you know Amy and my brothers for so long like we communicate so well and they also don't have to listen to me I, I could you know I can make a suggestion and they could be like eh, I'm gonna try it this way and I'll be like okay that's fine <laughs> you know I wasn't you know going, very sweet I wasn't producer. like Phil Spector like pulling out firearms in the studio you know what I mean like it was uh it was a very collaborative and fun process to be a part of no, that's really, really exciting to hear. And I think, like I say, I think it very much comes out on the record. It certainly feels like a big collaborative project in the best possible way. And, and speaking, you know, you mentioned uh, Mr. Tim Armstrong there, of course. Um, he appears again on the record. There's a couple of features on here. Actually, I want to hear about those. Tell me about putting together those features and, uh, and getting quite a few friends involved in this one. Yeah, that was something that happened um, towards the end of making the record when stuff kind of started to open up again. And as we were getting the bigger, greater picture of what the album was going to be, the song As We Live, for example, came up because that was a song that we had demoed and co-written with Tim before the lockdown. And it was one of those things where she was having kind of like, what would you say? Like one of those days where you're like, we're feeling kind of victorious over. Yeah, certain... yeah, that was the, one of the, the last songs that we put on the record. And at that particular time, I was feeling, I went through one of the things, one of the things that happened also during the pandemic is I did this treatment for my depression called TMS. I had major depressive disorder for as long as I could remember. And I've struggled with depression for a very long time. And I went to this um, treatment center called that uh, does TMS therapy, transmagnetic, uh, transmagnetic cranial, transcranial magnetic, I know transcranial magnetic stimulation. And they, um, they stimulate a part of your brain that can cause depression uh, with magnets. And I, my condition significantly improved in the process of making this record. 
And I felt uh, strength from that. I felt happy to wake up in the morning and I felt just greatly, I just greatly improved after doing that. And, um, and then we pulled that track up. We pulled um, that track up at the end of that, at the end of my therapy. And I, I was, I was like, this song is it's totally the anthem to how I feel this victory over this depression right now, where I'm feeling celebration of life. Like I am, I'm going to cry. Mm. Like, like I'm so happy to be alive. And that was a very foreign feeling for me. And that song just captured that feeling of being so happy to be alive. And so I'm just so grateful that we, that we have it on the record and that we, and that Tim's on it and Rhoda Dakar is on it. Yeah. And we reached out to Rhoda. Yeah. And the way that whole thing came together was, you know, as we were finishing it up, obviously we reached out to Tim. He, we went to his studio and he, he did his verse and it had such this two-tone feeling and it had an empty space in the song. And we were like, we need a two-tone artist on this song but we there was only one that was in our minds because Rhoda has been such a supporter of our band and she's a dear friend of ours at this point we've known her for years and years she's been kind of a mentor to us as well and we reached out to her and said would you like to write something for this for this part of a song she came back and exactly every word she wrote and every part that she put down we were like it's perfect <laughs> yeah so we added it and with that kind of mentality with features you know we don't really have anyone coming to us saying, hey, you got to get this person on your record or this person on your record. It's kind of like, what does the song want? So when we had a song like Burdens and we were always hearing Hepcat's harmonies. So we reached out to Greg and Alex and we got them all. And this is when the world was starting to open up again. So we were actually able to like, you know, test and get in the studio with them and have this beautiful session that was just so filled with joy. And um, we're huge fans of theirs. So it's yeah. just, it was a dream come true for us to, to get to collaborate with them on that. And everything that we envisioned they would do on the track, they exceeded exponentially. Like it went far beyond what we could have even imagined. We were yeah. like, this is just, cause it wasn't just their vocals. It was their energy. Their energy just like matched the track perfectly and raised the vibration of the whole thing. Yeah. And then, you know, a song like Love Never Dies, you know, kind of that early reggae feeling. We're really good friends with a band from England called The Skints. And we just heard them on the track and same thing, we sent it to them. They sent it back. Everything they sent us back, we're like, this is perfect. Yeah. Be, we're you know? like, just do you. Just whatever you guys think. Yeah. Just do whatever it is that you do. We love what you do. We're not going to give any direction. Just be you. And they sent us back the most perfect stuff. And we just, we couldn't be happier. Yeah. Yeah, worked out so well. It's always nice, when, isn't it, when those kind of collaborations just fit really naturally. It always works when it's your friends as well, but it just, yeah, yeah. really, really fits very, very well. Um, I'll leave you with this, guys. You know, something I, I always like to ask artists when we get to this stage where it's kind of about to be unleashed on the world at the time of recording, you know, we're like about a day or so away. Um, what do you hope the fans kind of take away from that first listen to the record and i guess that's particularly up with this because like we say while it is very very personal to you amy i think there's a lot of universal themes in there and i think people are going to relate to it in a big big way so what what do you guys kind of hope when they put on those headphones or whatever for the first time what's the hope that they uh they get from this record oh that is such a good question i want them to to feel connected to it and to feel if they feel alone, to feel less alone in the world. I want them to dance. I want them to cry. I want them to feel all the the things that I felt in making it. And and I really hope it connects with people like so much. It just, that would mean the world to me. 
Yeah, I mean, and I also feel like unintentionally, this was our most, I would say, eclectic musical record. So I'm hoping that, you know, that everyone had, there's something for everyone there. So, you know, maybe if you're not into the heavy punk rock, you like more of the reggae. If you're not into the reggae, there's more of the ska. If you're not into the ska, there's some doo-wop on there. You know, there's a ballad. There's a little something for everybody. And I just hope they're able to enjoy it kind of as one thing and kind of see how yeah. it all connects. Yeah, yeah, me too. I hope that they don't skip anything. I hope they just put it on from the first, like listen to it as an album because that really was the intention of it is a whole a piece, you yeah. know, it's a whole body of a work. whole body of work. Yeah, the story, it tells a story. Yeah, absolutely, guys. No, like I say, congratulations on this, guys. You know, real, real ambitious piece of work. And I think you guys pulled it off really, really well. So, I mean, congrats. I'm really intrigued Thank to see what so happens much. with it. Really yeah, just intrigued that. to see what you guys do next as well. It feels like the sky's the limit from this point. And so, uh, yeah, just take care of yourselves. Hopefully see you guys in the UK. The UK, you know what we're like. You know we love this kind of music. So it's going to be pretty exciting. We, we just did Slam Dunk and it was like a little appetizer to what we're about to do. We're coming out. We're doing we're Beautiful so, Days yeah. Festival. And then we're doing a whole headline run across the UK and ending at Brixton Academy in London, which is kind of a dream come true. We'll be there September 3rd and um, we're hitting lots of cities. So yeah, we're so excited. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really excited. Well, we will see you over here very, very soon. And in the meantime, take care of yourselves. All right. Thank yes, you. Thank you. Good so talking much. To you. Great talking. Good to see you. Interrupt us, everybody.